Hello. So this week on the podcast, I have my husband again as a guest, and we are going to be discussing money because April is financial literacy month. And I figured that the first episode of this month should be about money. So in this episode, as you probably saw, the title is the Joneses are broke. Um, it's based off of the phrase, Uh, keeping up with the Joneses, which is basically the idea of, you know, living to impress other people. So buying the big house, buying the fancy car, buying the expensive trips and buying the expensive clothes to really impress people. But as we will share in this episode, and you will also learn the Joneses are actually broke. So, um, I want to preface this episode by saying that my husband and I are not financial experts, but we are very concerned about our money and what our money is doing at any given time. I started um, right out of college in significant debt. I had $28,000 of student loan debt when I graduated in 2018, and I have that currently all paid off. I, I bought a car that was too expensive at the end of 2020. Um, and I paid that off. That was a little over $25,000. And before we purchased our home in 2021, we were both debt-free. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about, um, the pressure that we feel to kind of spend a lot of money and the overconsumption problem that we have in the United States and how we manage our money and what we think are, are good ways to maybe manage yours. Um, so yeah, we're going to start with a couple of stats here. And my husband is just going to chime in whenever um, on stats on household debt and also who's living paycheck to paycheck. So around 64% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, according to a May 2022 lending club survey. And while you might think that this includes mostly people of lower incomes, you'd be surprised to know that 48% of those making in excess of $100,000 a year are living paycheck to paycheck. So the overconsumption problem is not just a low income problem, it's also a high income problem. And just because you make a lot of money does not mean that you are necessarily wealthy. And also, the average American holds a debt balance of $96,371, according to um, 2021 Experian data, which is the latest data available on that. So I'm going to ask you... um, what do you think about those stats? Are you surprised at all? Yeah, the 48% of $100,000 income does surprise me. Because at that point, even if you live in a high-cost area, you should, I mean, I feel like you should be able to manage your finances so that you don't go into massive debt. 
But doesn't that play into the whole idea of keeping up with the Joneses, such as if you are making $100,000 a year or more, and people know that, such as like in your, if you're in a high paying career, then you then have that societal expectation to drive a nicer car, to buy the bigger house, right? Yeah, that is true. And I feel like that comes with a lot of um, higher paying jobs. So you think of doctors or lawyers, they're expected to kind of live this particular lifestyle, live in particular neighborhoods and everything. But a really fantastic book that I read recently, um, The Millionaire Next Door, kind of proves the idea that uh, a lot of people that are truly wealthy and build wealth over time don't live a very lavish lifestyle. They live a very menial lifestyle, which is why they're able to save and invest and build their wealth. So I also wanted to dig in here um, a bit more to these particular statistics um, according to Bankrate. So these are a couple sets um, surrounding debt. So 74% of Gen Zers age 18 to 25 who took on student loan debt for their own education delayed a major financial decision as a result of their debt. And 68% of millennials age 26 to 41 who took on student loan debt for their own education delayed a major financial decision as a result of the debt. I don't so, think those stats are, I mean, too concerning. Because, I mean, I feel like that's the point of student loans. It's it's you pay up front now and then you're, you're going to get rewarded by a higher salary over time. So you'll recoup that eventually. So I'm not sure how much that says about... But 26 to 41 millennials, I think that is significant because I think that in your, you know, in your 30s, you should have a plan of action to pay off your debt if not already have it paid off because you're about 10 years out yeah. of school and they give you about 10 years to pay right. back most student loans but i mean as far as this statistic it's saying that they delayed it not that they just skip something outright right. no that that makes sense and it also says that 53 percent of americans have more emergency savings than credit card debt which is actually pretty good um and then 50% of Americans say uh, when asked to pri prioritize, they would rather boost emergency savings than pay down debt. So that, I guess, I mean, if you look at the numbers, it's better to pay off debt simply because of uh, interest rates. But, I mean, that's good that people want to save. Yep. And if we look at the average balances, debt balances from 2020 to 2021. Um, we're looking at credit card debt here. It's about 5,000 per, um, per like average. And auto loans are the one loan that I think are, I, to be blunt, one of the dumbest loans that you could take out because it's for a depreciating asset. And that sits on average around 20,000 per per person I, I believe um, for on average for Americans 
And I think that's extremely high. And most disappointingly, the home equity line of credit sits at about $40,000, which is something that I think that homeowners should never tap into unless it's a life or death emergency. Like if there's a huge storm and your window gets blown out or you need to change out your AC and you have Mm -hmm. kids in the home. But for renovations that I see a lot of people do that take these loans out for, it's more or less ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, it's kind of 50-50. I'm sure some people do like take out these loans to pay for like big expenditures like new roof, new AC, but... I'm sure all people also just spend on renovations. And to the uh, auto loan point, the big thing that I notice or that I've read is like people change their cars every two, like every two three years on average. Or oh, I don't I know. I don't know that. the statistic on that, but it's like people just change cars and change new cars and essentially just exacerbate that loan. Yeah. I can see that because, you know, when I first bought my car, so I I had a a beater car out of college. I bought it cash for $3,000. It didn't last very long after I started working and I had to get a new car. And I like European cars. um, And it's not something that I should have gone into when buying my first car out of college and having tens of thousands of dollars of student loans, I bought a Mercedes that was only a couple years old for like 25000 And my monthly payment was about $500. Dumbest idea ever. I was like a year or two out of school at that point. And I had additional debt, something that I regret doing for sure. But I had a working car. Um, I ended up changing that car out for an even more expensive car. Um, down the road and right after that I was like I don't want to have any more debt I hate having a $500 monthly payment so I I said that I was going to pay it off and I paid it off but in retrospect buying a newer car and upgrading was dumb because having a monthly payment that high when I had so much debt and even if I didn't have that much debt it was just I feel like a, a just a bad a bad decision because I feel like you should go for the yeah safe car but there's so much weight in the car that you drive and I just don't have that desire to have the newest best thing anymore because of the financial situation that it put me in at the time so yeah for most people you just need something that's safe reliable and can get you from point A to point B. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. And the last stat that I'll share here is that um, in terms of which age group carries the heaviest um, debt balance is Gen X. So 40 to 55. It's about sitting at about 135000 And I think that's mostly due to mortgage debt in these calculations. But I personally, I know you disagree with me here, but I personally do not include mortgage debt in, I don't really consider it debt. Like obviously it is debt on paper, but 
I see real estate as an appreciating asset in comparison to something like a car that is a depreciating asset. So over time, it should, you know, increase in value while a car, as soon as you drive it off the lot, that is, it's significant, it's worth significantly less. So, I mean, I, I do consider debt just in the fact that no matter what you're responsible for paying it back so if you think about like the fires in boulder or whatever like their houses burn down then their home insurance doesn't cover the cost of building their house but they still owe the loan so yeah in worst case scenarios you still have to pay that back yep that is that that is a fair assessment i will say that and yes on paper i will not deny that it is but technically if you if I mean, if you're not considering worst case scenario, you're gonna end up in the positive in terms of equity for your house. You should. In most cases, I feel like you should. I think real estate is one of those things where it will likely increase over time. Unlike again, a car, unless it's a classic car, but most cars will depreciate. Yep. So I want to get into more so now our background and our story on our financial strategies so if you're not familiar with dave ramsey dave ramsey is like a financial guru he's been around for a couple decades and his whole philosophy is that debt is bad and cash is king and when i stumbled upon his instagram page um some three years ago that is what inspired me to pay off my debt when it was 0% interest for student loans first. And then I, in addition to that, I had a car payment. I was, let's see, if you add it all up, 30 plus another 20, I was worth negative $50,000 at the time. I had nothing. <laughs> and once COVID came into play and student loans were at 0%, I was like, hey, I should bite the bullet and pay this off. So I, I ended up finishing that in October of 2020. So our philosophy, I guess, and you can correct me here if you want, but our philosophy about money now, considering our backgrounds and that we weren't raised with much money, either one of us, is that let's just try to stay out of debt as much as we can and um, invest as much as we can. Yeah. I mean, I think my goal is just to live comfortably. Like, I, I, I'm not a massive risk taker. Like, I do want to grow our assets, but I think the main thing that going in through my head is I don't want to lose everything. I don't want to put ourselves in a situation where we can get screwed over. So, that, I mean, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, especially with recent layoffs in tech companies because we're both in tech, it's been kind of scary um, considering everything and, you know, what if we both lose our jobs? I knock on wood, but like, that's something that goes through my head and having a sufficient life savings and emergency fund and just extreme, extreme backup plans with money just gives me so much peace of mind that, you know, people say that money can't buy happiness, but I swear to you that knowing that no matter what, we will in most cases be financially okay makes me extremely happy and um 
I think that a lot of people say that because I don't desire to have money to go out and buy things. I have a desire to just be comfortable, like you said, just live a life where I don't have to stress. And kind of shifting back to those stats here, I think that a lot of the problem that we see in society today, I think we're still, you know, a big proponents of that too, is overconsumption of consumer goods, materials, just buying things that we don't need. And I say this, I'm saying this to the listener as much as I'm saying this to myself. So I, I like having the newest iPhone. I like having the newer clothes. I, I like having newer things. And it's so hard to break that cycle and say, hey, I'm not going to go out and buy this thing that I don't need just because I have a little money to do it or I don't. <laughs> I think people justify purchases to themselves way too easily like i deserve this because i worked hard or because i did this oh yeah because i did that yeah absolutely i think that when i was paying off my student loans i didn't step into any shopping mall or any store but as soon as i did i started making excuses for why i need this or that or things that i don't even use anymore and I think a lot of money problems come from the fact that people think I earned this or I deserve this in a way that you did, sure. But if it puts you out of your financial comfort zone, then but is that really what you th- deserve? There's some short side in this there because like, you can say you deserve this, but then what this truly means in the future is that you're going to be more debt in the future. So do you deserve to be more exactly. debt? Exactly. Yep. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, if Do you deserve to be in a uncomfortable financial position like is that what you're saying that you deserve or should you save that money instead and do something more wise with it Mm -hmm. so i think that a lot of these statistics that i'm sharing and the fact that we are so far in debt it's like it's part of our culture now it was like some a vast majority of americans are have some kind of credit card debt carry a credit card balance and it's just so sad. I personally, I think that's the worst kind of debt. Just because, like you said, auto loans might be bad. But I think this is like, there are some people that are do are desperate and are in situations where they have to put in, the money into their credit cards. But I feel mm-hmm. like a majority of people just, you know. Like buying things. <laughs> buy things and don't pay them off and just suffer through that high interest rate. Yeah, and I, I will agree with Dave Ramsey there in saying that cutting up credit cards, if you are a bad spender with credit cards, is 100% the way to go. If you overspend with credit cards because you know that you can pay the minimum next month, then you should totally not have credit cards. But I think it's only about 5% of people that pay off their credit cards every month. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's some really small number of people that pay off their credit cards every single month. So I understand where he's coming from with that. But obviously we have credit cards and we use the rewards to yeah, buy we have trips. Like 10 plus credit cards and we have not paid a single we've cent never, in interest. Yeah, we never paid a single cent in interest and we've never had, well, I mean, obviously we've had credit card debt because it posts to your account, but 
it's not we paid off immediately at the end of every single month. So um, if we don't, our principle is that if we don't have it in checking, then we don't use our credit card to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rewards are great, and if you know how to use a credit card, then more power to you. But most people don't, and that plays into the overconsumption problem that we have here of just being able to go on Amazon in two clicks, you can have something delivered to you, which is really scary if you have a problem and it, with buying things. It's just way too easy now to go online and purchase expensive things. It's also with the buy now, pay later. It's just a really scary place that we're going to, um, saving like, credit card information online. It's like you have to set limits and control yourself just like you know like i have a huge sweet tooth so i I have cake in the fridge i'm gonna eat that so like if you have an amazon account with your credit card information stored in there it's just so easy to go in there and and do it so you kind of have to restrict yourself from doing that yeah no absolutely i think that it's easier said than done but our society makes it absolutely so easy to do that and that debt is not frowned upon, which is really weird. I think debt is one of the, one of the worst things that you could do with your money, like get into debt that doesn't appreciate and debt that doesn't generate passive income. Yeah. I mean, part of it is that when people look at you, they're not looking at that, that debt balance or that, that net worth balance. They're looking at the house, that car. So like, yeah. They're like, ooh, fancy car, fancy house. You must be rich. Yep, but I hate to break it to you, but the Joneses are broke. (laughs) So trying to keep up with the Joneses means that you're in debt, in massive debt. Um, But to each their own. I just think that credit card debt is the worst debt and then immediately following auto debt. And then I would say student loans are second to last after like right before mortgages because mm-hmm. obviously you got a degree and hopefully you got a good degree and well, you, you can use that. I think medical debt is unfair. Oh, okay. Yes. That is a big thing. I think medical debt shouldn't even exist because obviously no one's trying to get sick on purpose to mm-hmm. owe money. I had medical debt that went into collections when I was younger and it's still sitting on my credit score and hurting it right now and it doesn't fall off until seven years. So um, it really sucks because I had absolutely no control over mm-hmm. those medical emergencies. And especially if you don't have insurance, ooh, you're mm-hmm. toast. Yeah, like, I feel like every other type of debt, you sort of have some control over it. Yeah. Medical debt, less so. So. Yeah, and the worst is having to use a credit card to pay for medical debt because you you have no money. I guess an interesting stat is that most bankruptcies are because of medical debt. Are they? Does I that wipe off? So. It's interesting that student loan debt isn't wiped off during bankruptcy. That's a, that's a discussion for a whole nother day, but I would love to see student loan interest stay at 0%, allow people to pay it back, and people allow people to wipe it off after they file for bankruptcy at the very least. But um, we'll see how that plays out. But in terms of our, like looking forward and our financial goals and our financial plans, obviously we're not financial experts. This is just based off of our own experience. Um, 
we were, as I said, we were both debt free, um, right before we got married in 2021 and we purchased this home that I I would say we can comfortably afford this Mm -hmm. home. Now, thankfully we got a smaller home and not a bigger home and the maintenance is all pretty manageable. We haven't had any big issues and we are slowly working on renovations and not taking out a home equity line of credit loan Mm -hmm. um, in order to pay for said renovations. So we're moving slowly. Um, That being said, um, we do kind of follow the Dave Ramsey method, I I guess you could say. We have what like four or five months of emergency fund Mm -hmm. saved and we have... We're investing 15% of our income mm-hmm. to retirement. We don't have a 15-year mortgage, which is insane. But Oh, yeah. We have a 30-year mortgage. <laughs> I know Dave Ramsey would be disappointed with that. But, um, yeah, we got a good interest rate at 3.2%. So we're, our monthly payment is manageable. But going forward, we really ideally want to retire in 20 years. Yeah. And, for context, I'm 26, he's 28, and retri- retiring before we're in our late 40s, early 50s well, would be Between great. 50 and 55 is my goal, I would say, for me. Yeah, I'd say even earlier than that for me. Um, I think in 20 years, I'd, we would be pretty pretty set putting mm-hmm. away 15% of our income now and maxing out our HSAs and saving as much as we can regularly and, and most importantly investing as much as we can regularly is just the best path forward for us I feel like and you never know what the market's gonna do and last year was a horrible market year lost a ton of money but the market's been doing okay this year thus far mm-hmm. and I think that for anyone that is hesitant on investing or waiting for the right time, there's no right time to invest. It's like trying to find the right time to buy a home. There's pros and cons to buying a home at any point in time in history. So the the best time to invest is now. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember getting started just investing like five, ten bucks when I first got out of college. Oh, yeah. That was scary. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. We have a lot more that we're, we're putting into that. And it, it is scary. And I think that the best thing to do when you, you're putting 15% of your income to investments is to not look at it. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. invest it. Buy and hold long term. Yeah, buy and hold and then just don't look at it because there are times when I looked last year and I, I lost tens of thousands of dollars and I just never experienced anything like that before. Mm-hmm. It just felt like, oh my gosh, I, I'm never going to be able to retire. <laughs> Um, so I can understand a lot of people view it that way, especially if they haven't lived through like 20, 2008. Mm-hmm. People that have lived through 2008 and were investing during that time have my utmost of respect for not completely crashing and burning and you know giving up on investing altogether. Because if you bought during that time, you made bank. You made bank. So the best time to buy is actually when there's a dip and everybody's taking their money out but, yeah, but, you, can't but you can't predict when the the bottom of that dip is going to be or um, when another dip is going to occur so 
that's the thing with investing. But on average, the S&P 500 um, returns, accounting for inflation, well, not, not our current inflation rate, but inflation overall is about 8%. So that's what we have been calculating for our future and our um, calculating for retirement, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, and this is not even taking in, into consideration uh, Social Security, which probably will not exist when we retire mm-hmm. in, when when we will be eligible in about fifty years, because <laughs> mm-hmm. they're going to keep increasing Raising the life, like the, the, the life, age, yeah. yep, the retirement age because of the life expectancy. So, yeah, that's really our our plan going forward, and really just hoping for the best. So, yeah. So, to kind of close things out here, what is I'm going to ask two questions. So what's the best thing that you could do with, say someone has $20,000 saved up and they're not sure what to do with that. What is the best thing and what is the worst thing that they could do with that? Mm, the best thing is if you have debt to pay that down because more so than any like financial benefit, it's like the the psychological feeling of not being burdened by debt. It's like, it's, it's humongous. Yeah. So paying debt down, like, if, if you're not able to save that much over time, just trying to get rid of that debt and trying to stay debt-free is probably, the best, like, one of the first goals that everyone should have. Absolutely. I I swear by that today. I just think back at what would have been in about a $1,000 monthly payment for both my student loans and my car. Mm-hmm. Whew. I'm so thankful that that is not a, a financial burden for me anymore, especially during these, you know, times. Um, but I agree with that for sure. It's just the psychological part of it. Just being debt free is just so, so powerful. And um, yeah, the one thing that I, I did want to say in closing is that it has very little to do with how much you make and more to do with what you do with the money that you do make Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of teachers that are millionaires that know how to spend their money wisely how to invest wisely and most importantly live below their means Mm -hmm. so you could have all the money in the world but if you spend all the money in the world then you're going to have no money (laughs) you have to think of your future you yeah which is hard to do but very hard but yeah I think that getting out of debt as quickly as possible and living below your means and investing your money wisely is the best thing that you could do for your financial future. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on this episode with me and chatting about money. Of course. <laughs>